Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things Super Coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts. Whisper and Brew. The 2021 Grand Final winners, the Penrith Panthers, aside, we are going to be touching today. I am the host, SC Whisperer. I am joined by Brew SC. You are listening to the Dual Position Podcast. Brew, the Penny Panthers, mate, they were incredible last year. Not bad. Good size from the Panthers last year. I didn't think they were as good last year as they were the year before. That said, I don't see any regression from them in this coming season. Who they've lost, I think, is replaceable. I think it'll be much of the same this season, and we're going to have another another year of the high-flying Mighty Panthers. 21-3 and three last year, a perfect 12-0 at home, and a very, very impressive 9-3 and three away from home. Fourth in attack with 28.1 points a game, which is phenomenal. And first in defense with less than 12 points a game, conceded in 11.9. They start the season with Manly at home, St. George away, Newcastle at home, South at home, the Bulldogs away. The ins they have received is Sean O'Sullivan from the New Zealand Warriors, Chris Smith and Christian Crichton from the Bulldogs. They see Brent Naden, Tavita Pangai Jr. and Matt Burton all exit to the Bulldogs. They see Kurt Capewell leave to the Broncos, Paul Momorowski leave to the Roosters, and Tyrone May off to the Catalan Dragons in the Super League. It's also worth noting they have Api Corosau and Viliami Kikau exiting the building to the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs and the West Tigers, respectively. When it comes to the outs, they do lose Burton, who really revolutionised the centre position, I feel, last year, having a, a third ball player in the side. Um, really, really helped them there. Uh, I think it definitely helped Brian Toto. Uh, they do lose Tavita Pangai. I wouldn't say that's a huge loss. The impact that he provided wasn't what he was the impact he was providing at the Broncos, different roles. Lose Capewell, uh, a very, very solid option in the back row, but I do feel they replace him pretty much like for like. Uh, Paul Momorowski never really nailed down a starting spot in that side, and Tyrone May was Tyrone May. Not much more to be said there. The ins haven't really fixed any issues when it comes to Sean O'Sullivan, Chris Smith, and Christian Crichton, they do have a good crop of young talent coming through and some bench players from last year that will come in and do a job, I feel. Chris Smith is a highly underrated player. Um, I like that pickup. In terms of the rest, Crichton, we've been there, done that. I think who's coming through for the Panthers is better than Crichton, so I think he's just more of a depth signing. Uh, obviously, Burton's a massive, massive loss. But to begin the season, he wasn't really the planned centre. So I guess it's replaceable. Uh, well, no, not replaceable. I guess, you know, it's just back to where they were at the start of last season in terms of, of the makeup. You know, Crichton moves back out to the left and they're still working on what they need to do on the right. Momorowski, as you said, he was he was kind of a puzzle for them. They didn't know where to use him. Eventually he did get the spot. 
uh, and he did a good job, obviously. I Liam Martin's like for like is is accurate. I wouldn't say Tavita Pangai didn't offer them much. It was just that he was utilised different. I think he was extremely important to them uh, in getting to the grand final. But that said, he's in for a big season over at the Bulldogs. So, yeah, when you're, when you're the Premiers, you're always going to have a lot of ins and you're probably going to start picking up guys, you know, that maybe aren't superstars so much as, as the guys coming into the club and then losing some some talent. So... I still like the Panthers. I think nothing that they've lost is going to hurt them too much. Uh, I've got them finishing first this season, so I obviously still think that the side is pretty damn good. What about you? I have them finishing in third, but I'll probably rejig that. Um, so Controversial. I've got, them, I've, got, I've got Melbourne in second. I have them in third, and I have you lot in first. I hate to say it. I just think you guys are Jesus. clear and okay. away cut the best. Um I'm That's probably enough, I'm then. probably going to flip Melbourne and the Penrith around come my final 16. Like I'll probably have Penrith, Penrith in second, Melbourne in third. Um, you probably can't talk me off the Roosters in first, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm definitely not nailed onto that. And looking back on it, I'm probably going to move Penrith up. Um, the thing with having a pe- premiership winning side with so many juniors is a lot of them will be wanting bigger contracts. And that's what Penrith are facing. Um, look, so Burton's left. He wouldn't be on big money. Tavita wasn't on big money under their salary cap. I doubt Capo was on big money, nor was Momorowski. I think Coruscant and Kickout leaving will free up a bit of cap, but clearly he's going to sign, or I don't know if he has signed, a, a, he'll sign a monster deal. Um, Jerome Luai will be wanting a decent paycheck, as will Brian Toto, as will probably Stephen Crichton, who signed for good money last year as well. So the, the, the sides, the sides, the, the names that they'll be picking up won't be super, huge superstar names because I just don't think they have the money for it. But Penrith have a fantastic junior system and they'll always be pumping out good talent. So, um, yeah, definitely keep an eye on them moving forward. When it comes to injuries and suspensions, there's only one injury that we will touch on, and that is Nathan Cleary and whatever the hell's happening with him come round one. The talk is he will be there round one, so we're going to be working off that presumption, uh, but we also have to make a note of it. Moving into their round one teams, Dylan Edwards at fullback for me, mate. Nothing more to be said when it comes to his super coach stocks. Probably eighth or ninth when it comes to the fullbacks that I'd be taking when it comes to my building my classic sides. So good footballer has definitely improved. Um, his high ball diffuser was very, very weak a couple of years ago, but it's become one of the stronger parts of his game. Has now got a really good set of hands on him. They really, when he wasn't there last season, you could tell they really missed him. I think Crichton probably did offer at times a little bit more in attack when he was playing in the fullback slot, but Edwards defensively, he shores up that line a lot better than Crichton did. And you mentioned that they were first defensively. That was after a poor middle of the season period when they lost Cleary and the you know, through origin. And then I think Edwards got injured at a similar time period. I think going into that, they were the top attack and the top defensive side. And for them to end up holding onto the defense is a credit credit to them. Uh, 12 points or under per game is phenomenal. But I think attacking-wise, we can see more from Penrith this year. Yeah. And if Edwards can find his place in the attacking lineup, last year Burton was able to cement what he was able to do in attack. Burton, with him but now gone, I think Edwards needs to be the guy to fill, kind of fill that void for them. You know what Luai and Cleary are going to do. We know RP is mostly up the ruck attack. It's not so much goal line attack. Edwards needs to solidify his place in my opinion, in that attack and become a sweeping fullback. 
and then he can go, probably go to another level. He'll never be on the level of the top guys, but in terms of having an NRL fullback, I don't see him leaving that club for a long time, and I don't think they're going to chase anyone to replace him either. Do you think that him being a sweeping fullback is redundant because Luai plays that sweeping fullback role? When you look at Luai on the left, he... Because Cleary comes so wide. We touched on this when we were touching on the Cowboys. Um, having Isaiah Yo allows Cleary to sit wider and then allows Luai to sit wider and deeper and he becomes more of that sweeping fullback. Do you worry that Edwards just sort of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit there on the left and if he's going to chime in, it's going to have to be on the right, which limits him being a one-sided player? Then he needs to work on becoming a right-sided player the way that Pong has been working on that. I'm not saying Pong is a gun at it, but he, he's improved on that front. And that's what Edwards needs to do. I understand what you're saying with the Cleary Luai. Obviously, they they somehow managed to push one slot over so that Cleary is going to Luai, who is basically playing like a fullback sweep in the attacking lineup, which does kind of shut out Edwards. But on the other side, Luai doesn't really float that side. He's mostly a left-side player. So maybe that's where Edwards can make his mark in that team. That's what I was alluding to. Um Four of the five backline positions, sorry, three of the four backline positions pick themselves. One of them is up for... Well, two do. One of them People is up- are question marking another, um, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. And then the the fourth one is well and truly up for grabs. All right, so Brian Toto, lock, lock and load. We'll touch on him super coach shortly. Stephen Crichton, yep. also a lock for the left side centre. Yep. Isaac Tago is a lock. I'm not having this Talon May chat. If Talon May is getting in the side, he is getting over Charlie Staines. And at the moment, I don't have him over Charlie Staines. I would love to see him start there. But I feel like Ivan's going to give Staines six more rounds to try and show us that you need to give us something. Otherwise, we've got another version of Toto that we can put there who is going to give so much relief to our forward pack. Because Crichton isn't a hit-up merchant. Um, nor I mean, Tago has shown it. But Toto can't do it himself every week. He needs some kind of help from his other winger, and Staines doesn't provide that. So I feel like Ivan Cleary is going to give Staines another month and a half before he pulls the plug on it, and then we revert to to May. Yeah, look, this this right side, left side we'll come back to because left sides, we know about the left side. I've got Tago in the four, and I've got Talamay in the five because I believe that's their best setup. There is a rumour that May will be on the wing, Tago will be on the bench, and that Staines will be in the centres. Jesus Christ. I don't like that. Uh, obviously, as you said, there's there's another option where Tago is the centre, May doesn't get his crack yet, and Charlie Staines is on the wing. For me, just because you're a fast football winger. He's not even fast. J- Jacob Little out fucking ran him last year. We'll come. Well, he, look, they they call him the Bugatti or the fucking the, the Forbes know. Ferrari. Fucking the Jake, Forbes Jacob Ferrari, Little. That's the one, Jacob yeah, Little put you to shame. Yeah, they should call him the Ford Ferrari because it's found on a rubbish dump. It's oh, I Charlie Staines is not as talented as what people thought going into last season. He doesn't make my my back five personally. I hope I don't see him on the team sheet. I'm yet to pick Talon May in my Supercoach side because I, I do think that Staines will be there week one and that Cleary will give faith to him and say, go and earn the spot, just as you said. But I couldn't write him on the team sheet because I don't want to see him there. So I'm going some positive um, energy over here and I'm going Tago and May as my right side combination. 
I didn't get much right last year when it comes to Civic Coach, but Jesus Christ, did I not nail Charlie Staines on the head. One of my biggest avoids last year, and I'm so glad that worked out. Um, he's just, he needs to bulk up. That's the biggest. He needs to bulk up. He needs to learn to probably control his body height at hit-ups or at impact because he just loses so much. He, he gets no post-contact meters, and he loses so much momentum in the ruck, so... I mean, yeah, he, he, I'd have to go back and watch that game that he scored like 17 tries in, in one game. But from memory, it was a lot of him being put over. So he's like a winger size, Jordan Lane. Hey, shout out to the last episode. Um, okay. So let's touch on this, this center conundrum. Do we yep. stack our left side? If we're Ivan Cleary, do we stack our left side with their best players and leave Staines and Tago to fend for themselves? Or do we give Staines Crichton and explain a quote-unquote experience that he's still young, but a first-grade experienced player. And we give uh, Brian To'o, Isaac Tago, who is still very young, do you split your quality or do you just say, stuff it, we're going balls to the wall and we're playing left-hand. If you're going to score on us, you're going to score down the right. I think it would make sense from an experience point of view to chuck Crichton in, back on the other side. Uh, he played the grand final there. He scored the winning try there. He cannot obviously defend and play an attack on that side. So it makes a lot of sense to me to switch Tago and Crichton. And it also would give you more of an opportunity to say to Talon, mate, brother, go for it. Like, you want to be Brian Toto 2.0? Go and do it. We'll give you his old buddy at centre inside you. So I quite like it. I will say this. If May and Tago are both named on TLT. Makes life very easy. Them both. Do not pick one. Take both. Yeah, this isn't a Jeremy Nanai slash Highland Lukey situation. Yes, this is, you're playing in the best back line in the competition, arguably. Pick them. They're under 250k, the both of them, or thereabouts. I think, what, Tago's 287 and May's 240 or something like that. Take them both, and you could almost play them most weeks to start the season. One of them will nail it. So, we've given our thoughts on that on basically the Chibi conundrum, Staines don't go near. Crichton, for Supercoach, probably not. For He can have his moments. I've owned him in the past. It's just it's a little bit harder now that he's got, you know, such a pocket rocket superstar in Brian Toto outside him and also then inside him has two of the best halves in the competition. Back when it was a little bit different and Cleary was still coming through and I think it was Wallace or, or Maloney, he was quite good and and that was under the old scoring system. I know I, I owned him one or two seasons and he used to be really good at going, you know, 55, 60 plus like most weeks, which back then was, you know, the equivalent of going 80 plus. That's when so, he got, yeah, that, that was, I think that was 2020 and he scored like 20 tries that season, but he's still in the average. Like, if, he's still in the average like 55 though. So when you've scored that many tries and you're only scoring so much, you need to have an uptick in production. And I want to yep. say that because Stephen Crichton is an absolute specimen. Like, he is uh, a once-in-a-generational kind of footballer. Like, his body shape well, is huge. He's very, uh, not lanky, but he's just very long and could pose a handful for a lot of defenders if he can put it together. Something I might have to look into is is just to see how many games he's played on the right side and see if there was an increase in his base at the times that he did go to the other side. Because you can't tell me Toto's not taken away from a bit of his base with the amount of hit-ups that he takes. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, Toto, Toto is, a, is a freak of nature. He's, a, he's an outlier. And, and we'll touch on him. Now, uh, the, I guess the debate is Garrick versus Toho for your premium center wing if you go one. 
I know you're shaking your head at either at either of them, but we have to touch. Not them. at Toto. I can understand if people want to yeah. take Toto. I don't understand the Garrick pick personally. I not, don't. Not a, with at all. Understand that. Not with the first two rounds, but when it comes to Brian Toto, do we like him less if Crichton's inside him? If they decide to play Tago on the left and Crichton on the right, do our stocks on on Toto? Saw because he was he was absolutely breathtaking last year, and he was breathtaking when he came back from his syndesmosis injury as well. Like he is, he is a beast. He he doesn't need to be put over. He can do it himself. He scores sixty five without tries. When he scores a try, it's a guaranteed hundred point game. He he is phenomenal in one of the best attacking sides on their strongest side with sixty point floor. Like that is, it's unprecedented, and we cannot talk how highly having that floor is. He is ridiculous. I think you need to look at Toto a little bit differently. I think you need to almost look at him as if you've got a dual, yeah, a, a dual second yeah. rower center who's available, obviously in the centers, and go, you know, if let's go back a couple of seasons, for example, John Bateman. If John Bateman, after his killer first season, the second season, cost you six hundred and fifty grand, for example, going back when the prices weren't quite as ridiculous as they are now, and he was still a dual you'd debate whether or not to take Bateman, right? Because you're like, it's safe 65 every week. Well, this guy, yeah, sure, he's only a centre, but you know he's pretty much going to bang you out 65 week in and week out with a massive amount of upside because he is also on the back of a phenomenal back line and can score tries. He could score three or four tries one game quite easily, but he's probably going to score, you know, anywhere between 15 and 25 tries on the season, which most second rowers obviously don't do. It's just the price tag. For me, it's a little bit too high. If I'm going to pay that kind of money, I'm either going to want to take Dave Fafita, Tom Trebojevic, or Nathan Cleary over Toto. If you don't... The ceiling will be the reason. If you don't go Cleary, does then Toto become higher priority to, to get a piece of this Penrith attack and to get probably the best piece of the Penrith attack in the left-sided winger? I'd because if you don't no, build it, if you no, don't, if I don't, you don't think build, so. To be honest, if you, I, if I'd you probably still, I'd probably go Luai if I wasn't going to go Cleary, and then go someone else in the centers because I just think that much money in your centers, like you could, you could pay that much there, or you could have Aiken and Bo Firma. You could have two second rowers that are m- going to mitigate your risk because you're only going to have to play two other center spots. You're going to have two ones that have a pretty safe floor. Yeah, it's hard because Toto is just so good. Like this is, and this is the, this is the debate you have to have. Like he is so good for a reason. He's so expensive for a reason. Like he is, he is literally. Yeah, really? just j- just look at him as a second role that's available at centre wing because that's that's the way to pick him. I feel like he is. If you can make the money work, one hundred percent, lock it in. But we're debating whether or not to pay seven hundred and thirty six k for, for feeder as a second rower at second row. Can you really pay eight hundred k or thereabouts for a centre? If you take if May and Tago are named round one, is having three of the four backs in Penrith too much then? If you pick Toto as well, oh, you, I, I don't think you'd be able to play three of them. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But it could present an option. I think if you go on Toto, then you're probably going to have to miss out on an Aitken or a Jack Bird or, you know, you're going to not go Harry Grant and go Cheapy Hooker because you're going to sacrifice somewhere to be able to do it. Yes, and the Cheapy Hooker debate did get interesting after the Broncos trial. Now, they're number six, Jerome Loy, 515k, available only at 5'8". Last year averaged 58.8. Luai pre-origin, though, 66.25. With no Burton in the side, it was only three games, but it was a 73 average. The problem is he's Haas partner. So if we touch on Cleary, if Cleary is out, Lua is an absolute no-go for me. And and I've been trying to tell this to people. So last year, Luai pre-origin, as I said, 66.25. Luai post-origin, 48.82. Luai with no Burton in the side, 73 average. Luai with Burton at center wing, 60.5. Luai with Burton in the halves, 37.75. Luai with Cleary, 64.5. Even if we want to go a little bit further... Luai's 2020 average was 62.3. And Luai with Crichton at left center, there was an 18-game sample size where he averaged 64.05. So all the numbers point towards Luai with Cleary being a 64 to 65-point scorer. The question comes down to, is Cleary going to be there round one? I was talked onto Luai by you. He didn't even enter my frame of mind six weeks ago. And then you mentioned him and we pulled up these stats and... Um, we made a post on it. If you guys want to go look at this visually, um, you'll scroll down a fair bit. I posted this six six weeks ago on my Instagram. Um, thanks to thanks to Brew's recommendation, and the numbers are staggering. Him with him with Cleary versus him without is a thirty point drop off. So Cleary has to be playing for Luai to be an option. Okay, what I'll say is this: Cleary's only going to miss a game or two at the worst. So if if you want Luai, don't not pick him because Cleary's going to miss a game or two because literally you, you're playing super coach for the season. You're not playing it for the but first then you, But weeks. then you're picking him against Manly with no Cleary. Just because at and times if, in and the if past if he has take... averaged less, doesn't mean he can't have a good game. Doesn't mean he can't score a try. Yeah, no, but if we we have to play we have to play historical data here. Super coach is a numbers game. As much as what people want to say it's a gut feel, like he averaged 37. I cannot get behind picking him with no clear inside. I cannot get behind picking him for a one-week punt against Manly, especially when a lot of people are going to be running Munster. People are going to be running Grant. So if we're going to be missing Grant, we're going to have a... We basically just chalk down a weak score for Luai. We're just like, oh, fuck it. We're just going to get a 30-point sweep. Like, I just feel like that's just too much for, for one round. I know that you are keen on Luai, and I'll never talk you off him. But unless Cleary is there come game time, and I posted this as well, this is... We have been blessed by Supercoach because Nathan Cleary plays 6 o'clock or 8 o'clock on a Thursday, the very first game of the round, so we will know if he's playing that round or not. He can be named on Teamless Tuesday, and if Ivan Cleary pulls him out before the game, we still have plenty of time and we don't have to use trades to fix him up. I cannot pick Luai if Cleary is not there. If Cleary is there, all aboard. But it's just too much for me, personally. I personally think Cleary will be there. Mail I had a few weeks ago was that he'll be fine uh, and he should be good to go for round one. But, you know, there's still a long time to go. We've got to get through trials. He's still got to get the strength in the shoulder. He's got to get the conditioning, the re-injury. 
rate of shoulders, you know, can be an issue. So they're not going to risk him by any means. I think, I think he may start a little bit slower, clearly. I think he may pull back from being involved in say so many tackles, for example, uh, Luai might take more of the lead in the opening few games of the season. I'm, I posted obviously a Clary side on the weekend uh, yesterday. I think it was because every man and his dog wanted to go on Twitter and decide, Hey, here's my Clary side. By the way, mine was the best, but I don't think I'm going to go Clary now. I've actually, yeah. at the moment <laughs> I've got cheap halves at the moment just to have a look at something. And I don't mind it to be honest, bro. You've seen my side. Like, you can do so much if you don't go Cleary. Like, you can stack it oh, without Cleary. And that's why, like, I, I have a Cleary side, and I don't have a Cleary side, and I really, really prefer the Cleary side. The only the only thing is, Cleary, like, rounds four onwards has a f- good draw, and it's a very, very good captaincy option week in, week out. So, that's the only thing. I just, yeah, I worry that he doesn't play round one, and then he comes back slow... So I am probably leaning towards not playing him. Bruce just chucked up. A, Bruce, your camera's in 64-bit. No one can see that. Um, yes. Well, like I've said, on, <laughs> I've said this on YouTube and I'll say it for the record. I'm getting a new house built. Okay. So I'm in a very temporary setup with a very shitty reception out here. So you're going to have to deal with 64-bit Mario for a little bit. Okay. All right. So let's touch on, let's touch on Cleary. Let's, let's have this Cleary debate because it's probably the most important debate to be had this preseason. I think... The success of the overall winner will have a lot to do down to the Cleary debate and the Turbo debate and whether they get it right. And for me, I'm leaning towards no Cleary. You're also leaning towards no Cleary. So we're probably not the people to have this debate because there's no polarizing things. But we'll try and do I can our... have the debate. Because yeah, we'll, we'll, I, we'll, we'll I, try and do our bit. He's to... in my thoughts if I've made a side with him. Um, and it's, it's more so that there's a lot of conjecture over whether he'll be ready for round one, which makes me sit there and go, even if he does play... Is he going to play to his ability? Are you better off waiting a month, making sure he doesn't get re-injured, and then jumping on, and hopefully by then he's lost a bit of that $950,000 price. Because even if he averages 85, like average, 85, it's fuck, a, how good's that? Wonderful. But he's still going to lose so much money. Well, yeah. You look at Cherry Evans and Nico Hines, who are roughly 80 average or thereabouts, and they're in the high 600s. So by that logic, Cleary's going to go down 200K down to about 750. So there's an opportunity there. And that's why I'm more looking at those guys, at Terry Evans or a Nico Hines or someone like that. Even a Sam Walker, potentially is someone, if Momorowski doesn't Sam get the Walker nod in round one. Sam Walker is a huge one, pod. Like there's an option there. If someone gets off to a flyer and hits up to 750K, there is an option that you might be able to sideways trade them to Cleary if he comes back a little bit tender and a little bit sore after a massive surgery. The thing is, all right, let, let, let's have this debate. If you don't start with Cleary, you don't get him in before Origin. Yes or no? Um, because by the time he hits his peak, it could be what, round seven, round eight, if it takes him a month to come back. And by that stage, you're getting, well, you're getting what, you know what? Five, six yes weeks out no. of Cleary? We said this last year about Tom Trebojevic. No one wanted to touch Tom Trebojevic last year because he was coming off a major injury. And then bang, it took about two weeks and everyone said, bugger it. 
I'm getting on. I'm going to rip my whole I team think it's apart very different though because just Turbo, to get Tom in the side. Yeah, but Tom's Turbo was like history. Yeah, but Turbo was five. Worse. Turbo was five fifty. Cleary's nearly a million dollars. Like I think I don't like that comparison because we could we could just get Turbo at the drop of a hat. We just flick Pappenhausen on. We pick flick Tedesco on. If you're yeah. not starting with Cleary, you need to pull so much apart to get him in. And that's the thing. I think if you're not, if you're if you're deciding not to start with him, you just have to chalk it up to be like, all right, we're going to get him in like round fifteen. That's just where I'm, my head's at, and that's the reason why. There, I there's am logic so... to it, but I'm sure there would be a way also. Like if you do start with a Cherry Evans or a Nico Hines, someone in that say six hundred. Oh, yeah, to I'm, I'm more talking. Tag. I'm more talking if you go like Kiri and Hastings, which is the popular combo right now. Well, because you're you're my, miles. My off. current combo is. Way cheaper than that. So, like, if I do this, what do you have? Hastings, Hastings or Mono? <sighs> no, um, but I do have Tom Trebojevic and Ryan Pappenhausen at fullback at the moment. Bro, you cannot, um, you cannot trade. Uh, you can't, you can't. Talk about that on the Roosters pod, uh, <laughs> and we'll see if it lasts beyond today. But I've made a side with Tom in it, and I don't mind it. So. It was actually Cleary that opened my mind up to it because I sat there and went, you know what? I've made this Cleary side and I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all, but I don't really want Cleary to start the season. So I said, well, if I just cut some money here from Cleary and slap it on top of Tedesco, I could try Tom. And I looked at him and went, you know what? It's not actually that bad. It's still got David Fafita in the team. It's still got Jack Bird, you and Aitken, um, Bloody, who else have I got in there? It's got it's stacked with blokes. Like Harry Grant's in the side. It's not a bad side. It just means that I'm going to have to get some luck in the halves. I'm going to need these guys to fire and make some money so I can quickly try and upgrade them. But if Tom ends up coming out and scoring 200 in the first three weeks, which we all know he's capable of. Anyway, this isn't a Tom Trebojevic podcast, but my point is, is that you can make it work. There's a lot of ifs in that situation, which I don't want to be gambling on. So, Cleary. Game of this. So, Cle- Cleary. Uh, it's tough because he is just so much better than every half. And you can understand why you start with him. You can understand why you don't. This is this is the thing. If he didn't have this off-season surgery, we do not have this conversation. Cleary's in. No ifs, no, ifs, no, no, ifs yeah. no buts. But there is a lot of people put off by the shoulder. There's a lot of people put off by the potential being out round one. Even if he's back round one, what happens? And then does he take a backward step? I'm leaning towards no, Brew's leaning towards no, but I'm definitely not going to talk to you off starting with him. When it comes to the front row forwards, Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris both picked themselves. James Fisher-Harris has become less attractive because he did lose that dual position eligibility, which let, changes the flexibility around. And, I mean, he's just a very, very safe option. We've touched on him enough already. Moses Leota didn't really kick on as to what we were hoping for last year. I think he started 350k last year. We were hoping that he would burst on, not burst on the scene, but like improve on that. He did, but nothing overly impressive. And Apicorosau, his SC stocks have sort of dwindled down a little bit year on year, and then he's off off next year. No um, Tyrone May. They're going to have another 14 on there who my 14 plays hooker and is probably going to eat into Corosau. So none of the none of the middle forwards are. Really an option for me. Viliami Kikau was instrumental in obviously Tim's win last year, winning overall. And Liam Martin will also come in and replace Kurt Capewell. Now, buckle yourselves in because this is going to be a rant on Liam Martin. So, I've been waiting for this. Liam Martin is available at 430k, 2RF only. How much value does he have? Because 
he was in Brew and I's very, very first size when we came on this podcast and revealed it. And then we looked into the numbers. So 2019, Liam Martin started in seven games at 2RF, averaged 55.7 in 70 minutes or 71 minutes a game. 2020, he averaged 54 points a game in 77 minutes a game. In 2021, he averaged 54 in 70 minutes a game. He's priced at an average of 49. So you're getting four, five points of value at 2RF when there's so many more guys that you can pick that are going to outperform that. So for me, I'd be avoiding him. Uh, I mean, even Kirk Capewell, who averaged 66 minutes a game, averaged 50 points a game as well. So I don't see a huge amount of upside in Liam Martin, maybe four or five points personally. Yeah, look, if people wouldn't have picked Capewell last year if he wasn't available at centre. So if you're getting similar output, you're not really getting much. The other thing too is, like just going back to Nathan Cleary, if Nathan Cleary comes into this season a little bit underdone and a little bit ginger, it also could reduce the tries from the second rowers on the right side, which Cleary used to feed Capewell regularly. So that's another negative against against Liam Martin for me. Yeah, uh, exactly. And when it comes to William Kikau, we know what he is. Very rocks or diamonds. Um, very matchup dependent. Probably someone to mm-hmm. have in your side round 20 onwards. But yeah, I wouldn't be starting with him round one. I just feel like we are too inconsistent with him. And Kikau for me is, he's not a guy that you start the season with. He's a guy that you wait until he's bottomed out and he will bottom out at some point. He'll get to some ridiculously low figure because he goes on a run of t- 20s to 40s. Just pick him up, even if he's not in form. If it's midway through the season, you pick him up and you go, okay, he can just be my 18th, 19th man. Then at the back end of the season, if he hits a run, which is kind of at times what Tim was able to do last season, you throw him in your side. You go, I'm going to go the pod play here and I'm going to back my man. And boom, no one owns him because he's not in form or he hasn't been in a large amount of form. So most people don't own him, but you do. Sometimes that's a sneaky way with guys like Kikau, how to pick him up cheap and then just use him as an extra player at the back end of the season. Exactly. Um, moving on to the lock is, in my opinion, the best 13 in the game right now. Uh, Isaiah Yo. Ooh, yeah, that's a bit spicy. It is, but I just feel like what he does for his halves is far and away better than any other 13 in the game. Uh, I wouldn't say he's the best lock, but I'd say he's the most underrated rock, uh, lock. Um, he's, a, he's phenomenal, and what you're saying is true. What he does for that side, a lot of it goes unnoticed. We were talking about how... You know, Cleary and Luai are able to, you know, move a position over. And as you mentioned the other day, that's because of the what, what Yowie does. So I I love him, but I wouldn't say he's the best lock in the game. I would, and I'm going to stick with that. Um, it's quite clearly Victor Radley, okay? It's quite clearly not Victor Radley. Um, <laughs> that is the very popular take. Isaiah Yo is the hipster's choice. Um, so Isaiah Yo, we know two years ago he was an absolute revelation of Albert Centre Wing, of Albert to RF. Dropped off a little bit last year. I expect pretty much similar output from him this year. Won't set the world on fire. Kind of a boring pick. Very similar to James Fisher-Harris in the front row forwards. The game is moving away from guys like Isaiah Yo when it comes to Supercoach and not available at centre wing, which is what he was two years ago. So pretty short, sharp analysis of my takes on Isaiah Yo's Supercoach stand of stocks. Um, yeah, not, not, not in my thought process, Brew. What about yours? Yeah, look, he's he's not in mine either. And it's quite funny. Um, this whole forward pack, we haven't really been high on, but it's one of the best 
impacts in the competition. We weren't. So it's funny on... that there's no real super coach stars there in, in terms of forwards for us to go. I want this guy who plays for Penrith. Apart from Harry, apart from Harry Grant, we weren't really keen on Melbourne's either. So it just shows you that a lot of these guys are just cogs in the wheel, That's and they true. get the job done, and, and they're very, very good at what they do. Says something about the systems, doesn't it? I mean, when you got guys like Jason Tamalolo, Payne Haas, David Fafita, these are all your elite guys. Um, for the worst clubs. Yeah. Oh. This Titan, this anti-Titans agenda is real when it comes to you. Um, but yeah, like these these big names, they, they shine in the weaker sides and these big sides, I mean, barring Harry Grant and Cameron Murray and Angus Crichton, I would say that like a lot of your, yeah, good supercoach players play for your, your weaker sides. Um, but moving on to the bench, when it comes to Penrith, I've got Mitch Kenny to fill in that 14 role. I've got Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lenu and Eisenhuth. Uh, the other mascot of the Eisenhoos last year as my bench. We're becoming a bit boring when we've got the same 17. So we've got one difference here, and which is Talon May and Charlie Staines. But in, a, we, in reality, we both agree that it should be May, but it will be Staines. I've got the same, mate. Um, Sorensen, Leno, Eisenhuth, Mitch Kenny. Hopefully Mitch Kenny starts to get more minutes this year and they start to wean Coruscant off a little bit. I really no, like I'd, Mitch Kenny. I I'd really love for Mitch Kenny to play three minutes a game, score one point every game for the rest of the year, and then come into... I'd next, be super cheap next year. Come, yeah, into, yeah. come into next season when he starts. There, about, there about is a Mitch... Mitch <laughs> it's a so Mitch sad. Kenny fan club It's online. so Trust sad. Me, it is so sad that we are talking about fucking next year's Supercoach stocks and hoping the players play the little minutes so we get them cheap next year. You are. I'll start doing that mid-season. I'm not doing it no, now. I'll do it For now, I just it. want Mitch Kenny to take Coruscant's minutes because he's a life basher and whatnot. But um, who's your 18? Have you got an 18th man? Oh, I, I don't know. May? Chuck him there? I don't care. When have I ever had an 18th man in all of these podcasts? I'm just trying to make you look bad. Hopgood is mine. Uh, yeah, Jermaine I think Hopgood, he's yeah. real close um, to getting a crack into that lineup. Otherwise, yeah, I think the lineup speaks for itself. Sorensen will play. Uh, similar to what Martin did last season. Eisenhuth's role will stay the same. Mitch Kenny probably rotates in and plays about 20 minutes a game. Spencer Lino, I'd really like to see start putting some pressure on to get a starting spot, but it might not be his time yet, and he's probably better served coming off the bench as an impact player. Yeah, Spencer Lanyu's a weird one. I mean, we all picked him last year, hoping that he would kill it, and he just seemed to be playing really inconsistent minutes. Like, Ivan Cleary seemed to be... Playing him for forty some weeks, twenty five the next, and it just kind of threw him out and put a sour taste it's in, in a lot of people's own. mouths. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, no surprise in this Penrith side really when you think about it. They're a side that is a well oiled machine, uh, a side that is going to continue on to be very good next year, and I would dare say be in the final four where they make the grand final. Not different story, but I mean, if they go back to back, I wouldn't be shocked either. Hopefully not. That's the Roosters. Um... That's our thing. Um, I will say this. What? You've got Toto, Crichton, Tago, May, Luai, Cleary. There's a lot of options in that back line. So Panthers should be pretty well owned this season. I've got, in terms of like our outlook for the season, I've got the biggest X factor is um, Jerome Luai. I really think that uh, he could take his game to a new level this year. I've spoken highly about him before, so I won't go on a tangent. But he's the guy I think could have the biggest leap, biggest trap, I think he's Api Coruscant. Yeah, we, we have to pick. We have to pick. A, we have to pick a trap in this side, and it's outside of Coruscant. None of them really spring to mind because you can't really call Liam Martin a trap because he is going to provide value. It just won't be as much as people are thinking. James Fisher Harris, we're the best prop in the game. It's 
calling him a trap is going to get some people rolled up online. So yeah, it, it'd have to be Appy Coruscant. Absolutely love Fisher Harris as a football player. He's, he's one of my favorites. He always has been. Uh, he's taken his game to a new level recently and I respect and admire that fella. Good player. He's not a super coach option really because he's pretty much priced himself get out of it. Get, you know, he's, he's priced at what he is. Um, so he's a safe pick, but there's probably not a great deal of upside later in his career. He's more of a, just a really solid defensive player than an attacking one now. And yeah, to Cleary or not to Cleary? That Brian Toto or not to Brian Toto. They're the two key points from this team. And at the moment I'm, I'm leaning towards probably neither. Um, given that we've just had this debate, I'm probably no doubt going to go uh, play with my side and see what a Toto side looks like. Cause that seems like it's a flavor of the uh, week. I know I can do turbo now and I know I can do Cleary. So maybe I'll try, try a Toto and give you guys an update on our, um, our next team who I think, think is the South Sydney. Bunnies. They're the bunnies. We'll touch the bunnies. Bunnies the next? Cool. So, by yeah, by the time we do South Sydney, I'll give you an update on whether or not Toto is an option in the centres from a super coach good side perspective. You, you and I are terrible. So many people message me and they're like, oh, what's your side looking like these days? I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't even know what my side is looking like these days. It's changed four times this week, so, and it'll change. That's why I don't post it online. I, I don't do- mind doing the a, a reveal at the start and maybe an update before trials and then one at TLT or whatever, but I don't posting it weekly is ridiculous. Everyone will know that I just changed my side all day, every day. Definitely. All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening to the Penrith Panthers preview. Um, yeah. What did I say last week? So last episode, I said Jordan Pierre is the greatest player of all time. I don't know when my stop Britain Nakora should be the first overall pick in your draft. Thanks guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 